Welcome to Agent of Wealth Podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps small business owners and retirees overcome the multiple wealth planning challenges involved in your financial life. We do this by creating comprehensive wealth management plans to guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and help create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth planning issues involved in your financial life. Hello and welcome to the Agent of Wealth with Mark Boutus of Boutus Financial. Today we're going to be talking about understanding the risk in your portfolio. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Great. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. I imagine that with everything going on in the markets, this is a pretty timely subject. Yeah, today we're gonna we're gonna talk about understanding the risk in your portfolio, and you know, with everything going on, it definitely is timely for the for the past ten years uh, since the end of two thousand nine, the stock market has basically been unstoppable. It's and it's not just by looking at the fact that the major indexes have basically quadrupled over that period of time, but by the manner in which the market's gone up, there's been very little volatility, and it's almost been a straight shot upwards, but. Over the past month, we've seen volatility in the markets like we haven't seen in, in the past 10 years. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's all sorts of things in the media. There's all sorts. Everybody has an opinion about it, which which is good and bad because some of them are some of them are good and some of them are really, really far off. Uh, but is this kind of normal for the markets to behave like this? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it, no, this... it's, it's definitely not. You know, even really? though the stock market okay. has averaged an annual return of about Nine, 9.4% over the past 70 years, uh, year to year, the returns vary widely. It's common to have years where the returns are in, in excess of 20% per year. And then there's also years where there's a negative percentage return. So, well, I know that back in 08 and 09, uh, investors went for a ride, right? I mean, they, it was it was volatile. It was crazy. Um, I, I imagine that most investors, I mean, I, I know me personally, we get uneasy in years where the returns are, are negative, obviously. What does this look like right now? Yeah, we're, we're definitely going through one of those periods right now where there's a lot of volatility in the market. And investors are definitely more focused on how much risk exposure they have in their portfolio. We hear a lot about risk. Mark, how would you personally define risk? So I, I think that investors look at the risk and reward in the context of their own personal financial position. So we all look at risk differently based on our varying life experiences and, and financial position. For most of it, uh, for most of us, sorry, risk is defined as how much money can I lose in my portfolio over a certain period of time. Yeah. When we talk about investments and, and personal finance, I know that's all numbers. That's crunching a lot of numbers. But there's definitely an emotional side of it, too. And, and I kind of liken it to going car shopping, right? Um, you're, the, the advice I gave my son, and I said, son, I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't have to go with you, but for heaven's sakes, please take a no man, right? I mean, that, that's the that's the best advice I can give you. You take a no man or no woman, whoever it needs to be, that's going to be able to tell you, okay, I know you're looking at that Corvette, <laughs> but, but you make 24000 a year, and uh, no, that's not a good idea. Emotionally, you want it, but I'm here to help you with, with that piece. There's got to be emotion in, in the investment side, too. De definitely. Our, our psychology works against us as investors, and we get fearful when the markets are volatile like they are now. But a, a large part of that understanding is what's, you know, what's normal and also what are the trade-offs between risk and reward. 
we're all human and we all want all of the return with none of the risk. Um, but as an advisor, sometimes we have to be the therapist when it comes to, to money. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a really good way to put it. Um, it's, it's somebody that also can kind of help you step away from the edge, I would, I would suppose. Um, but <laughs> how do you do that? How do you fulfill that role in the context of risk? So the one way I, I, I try and do it is really driving alignment between how much risk an investor is comfortable with, how much risk they currently have in their portfolio, and then the third component is how much risk they should have in their portfolio so that they achieve their goals. And the last part of, of how much risk they should have is important because we really sometimes focus on that, you know, your, my portfolio lost this amount or my return was this amount over a certain period mm-hmm. of time. But really, the, the real focus should be on whether you're still able to meet all of your goals. You know? So the focus should be on can I achieve my goals, not necessarily on my portfolio did this or did that. When it comes to risk specifically, we hear it a lot in the, in the media, heard it for years. An investor can be labeled basically one of three things, right? They're aggressive, which I, I kind of look at. I'm supposed to be aggressive uh, in my investing in my younger years because I have more time to make up. If something does happen, uh, then you're, you have moderate, I believe they call it, moderate or a conservative investor. Is there anything more than really those three categories in your mind? So yeah, those were definitely the, the categories that that we used to use, and and you know within between those categories, you'd have moderately aggressive or moderately conservative, but it's all kind of fuzzy with what what makes someone aggressive, what makes someone moderate, and how do you define each of those categories? So, what I've been doing is using a tool to gauge how much risk an investor is comfortable with, and the way that tool works is it asks a series of questions to pinpoint you know when the markets become volatile how much risk or, or how much money would an investor be acceptable losing before they reach that emotional ruin and call me to demand that I sell everything, all of their investments and move into to cash. So we really want to look at quantifying that instead of just that basic classification that, that we're used to. Yeah. You, you said something there that's a little scary. <laughs> I think you use the terminology emotional ruin. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. I, I assume that you mean just kind of like that breaking point where it's almost sounds like panic, right? Is that kind of what emotional ruin is to you in a way? Yeah, that's panic is definitely a great word to to describe it. But yes, and you know, it all goes back to, you know, we, we think that these are, it's all based on numbers and this and that, but there that there is definitely an emotional piece. Mm-hmm. And there everyone has an emotional breaking point where once it gets hit, they don't want any part of the market anymore, yeah. no matter if they know that over the long term, the markets do come back. So what I, I try and gauge with that tool is how do we take enough risk that it makes sense for you to still be able to achieve your goals, but that we never get to that point where yeah. the panic buttons hit. Yeah. I and mean, it's, it sounds to me, it's almost like a fight or flight kind of response. And, and uh, you, you talked about moving everything to cash. I would think that that would be a flight in, in that scenario. That's, that's not fighting and just sticking in there. That's, that's flight, take my money and run. Uh, but going into cash can be a good thing if the markets become volatile, but I'm sure there's a flip side of that as well. Yeah, there definitely is. And it, it would seem intuitive that when the markets go down, why not sell everything? And, and, you know, and then when the markets look better, let's go back in and, and reinvest. And I, I get that question a lot, but this is, it's, it's exactly the bad short-term decision that we're trying to, to avoid. Mm-hmm. So timing the market's virtually impossible. You know, you, sure, someone may get lucky and be right once in a while when they sell and when they buy back in, but over the long term, it's a, it's a losing strategy. The market doesn't say, 
on the way down, okay, it's time to sell because we're going to have a drop now. Or when the market hits its bottom, it doesn't, the market doesn't say, okay, uh, it's time, it, we're, we're at the bottom, it's time to get back in. So what often happens is that the investor sells when the market's at its lowest point and then buys back in after the recovery and purchases, thing when, purchases their investments back when the market's at its highest. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Warren Buffett said it best. He said, investments are the only thing that investors refuse to buy when they're at their cheapest and only want to buy when they're at their most expensive. Yeah. yeah. There was a study done recently on how damaging trying to time the markets can be to your investment returns. From 2002 to 2012, if you took $10,000 and invested it in the S&P 500, at the end of 10 years, you would have had, your portfolio would have been worth $18,558. However, if you would have missed the best five days over 10 years of an an investing uh, days, uh, you would have only had $12,315 in the portfolio. And even worse, if you would have missed the best 10 days over those 10 years, you would have actually lost money and your portfolio would only be worth 9,378. So it really highlights how, uh, you know, tough timing the market is uh, because it's, it's, it's virtually impossible to do. Yeah. I'm just doing the math in my head here. Uh, That's 3,650 days, right? Basically Mm -hmm. from 2002 to 2012, 3,650 days and just 10 of those days, if you miss it, you're you have less money than yeah. when you started. It's not a lot of days. Oh so, my yeah. gosh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. And and I, you know, I think most of the the listeners are going to remember that during the Christmas season we had some pretty volatile days, and I would assume those are pretty good examples. Exactly. On Christmas Eve, just this year, we we saw a big drop in the markets. The Dow was down 650 points. The media was trumpeting how we just saw the Christmas Eve massacre. And I, I received calls from investors wanting me to liquidate everything. Uh, the market was closed the next day for Christmas. And on the day after Christmas, the markets were back open and the Dow finished up over 1,000 points. Yeah. And it was the biggest one-day point gain in the history of the market. But if you would have sold on the lows on Christmas Eve and missed out on that big gain the day after Christmas, it would have a permanent negative impact on your portfolio returns. Mm-hmm. So by sitting down with the investor, going through that questionnaire, we can quantify how much risk they are comfortable with. The tool outputs a risk number between 1 and 99. And just to put some context around it, if your risk score is a 1, that means you're basically comfortable with having your money under the mattress. And if your risk score is a 99, that means you'd be comfortable with your entire life savings invested in Bitcoin. (laughs) And as as you can imagine, some people are in the middle. No, I can can imagine. That's that's. Yeah, a little bit crazy. Uh, so now I got to ask, you said, you know, the Christmas Eve massacre, which is a terrible title, but kind of <laughs> true, right? It was, it was yeah. a scary, scary Monday, if I remember right, somewhere around there. Um, sure. So how do you handle those phone calls? If, if a client calls you up and says, oh, uh, Mark, here's the thing. Have you seen what's going on? And of course you have, because this is what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I got to, no, we got to get out. How do you, how do you calm that person down? Because like, if my internet goes down, I'm, I'm on the phone, right? I'm a, uh, my internet's sure. down. You know, I'm panicking. I, I really need that for my business. I really need that. You know, my daughter really likes to stream things. What am I going to do? Um, yeah. This seems a little bit more important than my internet going down. How do you handle those phone calls? Yeah, there's, there's definitely more emotions attached to, to uh, finances and investments, gains and losses than there, than there is the internet. Um, but I imagine that, yeah, it's definitely something similar where there's panic on one side and you know, you really have to put things in, in perspective and really 
you know, when you take a historical perspective, we obviously don't know what the market will do tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's probably the, the least favorite thing that I do as a financial advisor is the fact that I can't control what the market does. None of us, no one can. Uh, we don't know what it's going to do tomorrow or next week, but we do know over, over a long period of time, the probability is that the market will go up and the market will have a positive return over a longer period of time. And really how, you know, taking that conversation back with someone who calls in a panic, you really want to focus on, well, what would happen if we, if we did sell, how does that impact, you know, your, the investment returns that you need to, to achieve your goals. And I'm, I'm really all about quantifying things and mm -hmm. really looking at, well, if let's say we did, we did take, you know, money out and, and sit in in cash, would, would there be a lesser chance that, that you hit your, you know, your, your goal and, and really look at, uh, the way you know I can actually quantify it is, well, if we did take it, take money out and didn't get the growth that we were projecting or expecting, your money might run out two years earlier, or three years earlier, or even ten years earlier. And sometimes when you put it in that perspective, and and also when you look back at historically on how the market's done over some mm -hmm. some negative volatile periods, um, it it helps put the put the investor a little bit at ease. But it, it's it's also um, really going, going, you know, this, this new methodology of really focusing on risk is really what, what helps it really put, put the, the investor go from being fearful to fear list. So, you know, after we can construct that risk score that the um, investor is comfortable with, the, that one to 99 score, we then go in and construct a portfolio that matches or aligns mm -hmm. to that, to that score. And really what, what that does is it, it helps with putting some kind of expectations around what kind of both growth income on the positive side, but also on the loss side, what's, what's, um, what's common or what's normal and yeah. or what's to be expected. So the tool actually will generate a 95 probability of the projected gain or loss over the next six months. So now the investor knows what's normal and um, you know, as hard as it sometimes can be uh, when you see your account statement, you know, month to month and you see a drop in it, there's a little bit less uneasiness on the investor side because they do know, okay, this is normal and I'm still on track to achieve my goals and, you know, I'll be okay. And yeah. I think that's really what the investor wants to know is, are they going to be okay? I'm a data junkie when it comes to investments. A couple other cool features about, you know, this whole risk conversation and, you know, how we use it to determine what risks someone's comfortable with and how to construct a portfolio is we can also stress test these portfolios. Mm -hmm. So we can see how the allocation would react if we had another recession like in 2008, or if we on the positive side, if there was a bull market like 2013. So, you know, the way it used to be is we, you know, in terms of allocations, we'd say, okay, you are 75% in stocks and 25% in bonds. And if the S&P does this, we should expect, you know, 25% less of a loss because uh, you know, you have 20% less exposure to to stocks. But with th this tool, now we can actually look at quantifying it and seeing, well, if the 2008 happens, your portfolio would, with 95% probability, experience a loss of X. And again, it goes to manage those, you know, helps manage those expectations that the investor, you know, would would feel. And again, it's going to, all comes back to, making the investor comfortable and and not allowing them to reach that panic button. Yeah. And I would assume that this tool in and of itself 
is really one of the reasons you're not going to get as many phone calls. Or if you do have those phone calls come in on those days that are that are really rough, you can remind them, hey, this is exactly why we planned this out. This is exactly why we talked about it. And let's let's remember or let's look back at what we talked about as far as your where your risk tolerance was, what you know these tools showed you, and you know just basically to reassure them, we're still on track. You know these these little speed bumps are going to happen, but you know these tools seem like they're extremely useful for just putting somebody at ease and 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 having them see, okay, Mark's got this. I you know I'm in good hands. He's been doing this for a long time. He uses all these tools as his resources. I can trust the fact that he is in this with me, right? That that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, exactly. That's that's really what it what it's about. And you know, we're we're we're, we're trying to create a, you know a, a financial plan for someone that really maps out how do they how do they achieve those goals. And those plans can be derailed by making bad short-term decisions. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and and one thing I wanted to highlight is that you know we when we go through this risk exercise and you know, how we monitor it. And, and it's, it's not a rigid, okay, set it and forget it strategy. Things change in, in people's lives. Um, you know, they, they may have the need for, you know, their, their expense needs may change or their mm-hmm. savings may change, or even their, the risks that they're comfortable with may change over time. We just don't want to make sure it's just, a, we don't want to, to avoid the knee jerk reactions to the market changes. But it's things definitely change, and, and we can adjust how portfolios are allocated and what someone is comfortable with and the risk that they're taking. Uh, we just don't want to get that, you know, uh, have that experience where, uh, okay, you know, I'm not comfortable with with what's going on in the market. Let's change, and then all of a sudden the markets, you know, go back up. Things look good, and then all of a sudden you become comfortable, and it avoids that, uh, you know, sell low, buy high strategy when we all should be doing the the opposite of, you know, buying low, selling, selling high. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one last uh, feature I wanted to talk about on the tool is, is also the concept of how it handles diversification. So okay. we're all familiar with diversification is good and it's good to not have all your eggs in one basket. But again, going back to how I like to quantify things, you know, and in terms of the portfolio construction, we, we can see how all the investments are correlated together. And then by having an effective um, allocation, we can see how much of a risk reduction we were able to achieve by number why so why so it's 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 more than just saying okay your portfolio is diversified now we can say by diversifying we were able to reduce the risk in your portfolio by this percent so it's another tool that uh, you know provides transparency and visibility into you know how we're allocating investments or how the risk in the portfolio is being managed mm-hmm. and and mark that's great for your clients i mean i know that they like I said, they, they have a peace of mind because they've gone through these exercises with you. They've done all this work with you. Um, you've, you've been there every step of the way. But for those that are listening to this podcast that are not your clients, is there, is there a way somebody can uh, get a preview of that tool that you use? Is there any way that they can um, kind of get a sample of how that would work for their own specific portfolio or, or their own investments? Yeah, definitely. They can, it's not even a sample. They can use the full, full tool. It's free. It's on my website, outisfinancial.com slash risk. Or if you'd like, I'd be happy to walk, walk anyone through how to use it. Um, Easiest way to reach me is through my email at mark, uh, M-A-R-C at outisfinancial.com. And yeah, I'd be happy to talk to anyone about it. I mean, I think it's, you know, understanding risk. It's a, it's a vitally important concept to help you, you know, achieve your goals. So 
um, yeah, I think it's definitely a great thing to talk about. All right. And I'm going to ask you for a big favor. I'm kind of on the spot here. We're into 2019. What is your one best piece of advice for everybody listening to this in 2019? Everybody makes resolutions in some way, shape or form, um, you know, just little changes in their lifestyle or whatever that is. What is your best piece of advice for starting 2019? So I, I think the the best start that anyone can can get or best thing that anyone can do is just to get visibility into what they're doing with their with their finances. And you know what we what we've just talked about with risk is is one component of it. But uh, you know, another area is understand where your money's going. Um, you mm-hmm. know, your, your your money is coming in each month from your paycheck and it's going somewhere. Um, you know, take go through the exercise. It's it's a little bit of a pain to do, but you want to see where your money's going each month and you want to make sure it's going to the right, to the right places. So, um, you know, with, with, with everything going on with everyone, everything that someone can do, I think the best start is just get some visibility. And then from there you can, you can look at and see, okay, now that I know what's going on, where, you know, how am I exposed with, with my investments? Where is my money going? Uh, the next step after that would be then how can I optimize it or how can I improve it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that in today's day and age, there's so many, you know, one click to auto pay kind of thing. And you're auto paying on a monthly basis for all sorts of different things, which is good and bad, in my opinion, because you can auto pay for things that you forgot that you yeah. bought, you know, so definitely happens. Hey, I didn't even know I had a subscription to AOL and that died like <laughs> 17 years ago or something. Who knows? But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, getting getting a handle on the money in and the money out is a great, great bit of advice. Great way to start the new year. So, all right, Mark, any other closing thoughts for us today? No, I think that's, that's it. I wish, you know, everyone a happy new year, had a happy new year. And I know financial new year's resolutions are a popular one. Hopefully it's not uh, like a familiar with resolutions where it's two weeks and done. And that is, mm-hmm. you know, everyone sets out to, to really improve their finances and sticks with it. The biggest thing to accomplishing goals or, or new year's resolutions is to have an accountability partner. And uh, if you're looking for an accountability partner in finance, uh, I think Mark Bottas would be a perfect fit. Give him a call or reach him at his website. Again, his email is mark at boutusfinancial.com. And I know that he would love to help you out and just just sit down and listen to what you're thinking about your new year and what you want to do for 2019. So, hey, Mark, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Mark. And thank you all for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boutus. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Mark comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Boutus Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutus Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment and financial planning.